There probably hasn't ever been a time in history like this moment where people talk so much but say so little, where we are on information overload but a revelation deprivation. What does it take to possess a voice that releases heaven's sound, that brings breakthrough and transformation and leaves the presence of God in its wake? Stay tuned to Keep It 100 Episode 4 where we will hear from David and Nicole Binion as they share the genesis of their voice. Welcome to Keep It 100 Podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Join us in this space where we take on real issues with real insight under real inspiration. Keep It 100! How you guys doing? <laughs> good, good. We're so glad to see your faces and All to be on right. this podcast with you. <laughs> so fun to have you guys. We love you guys. And just yes. whenever we get the chance to be around you, which is not as much as we want, uh, we just love who you are and what you carry, the, the your sound, which we're going to be talking about your sound today. Yeah. And there's been such a surrender in your sound. And you hear the surrender because mm. it's all about his presence in your service. Well, we feel the same about you guys. So we're just... I don't know that I've ever heard someone say that about hearing the surrender in the Ooh. sound. Mm. I don't think I, that's... That's uh, that's key, though. That's mm-hmm. it. It's, that is huge. That's mm-hmm. so the total accurate. abandon, mm-hmm. what you said last night, revival. It's essential. It is. Yeah. It is essential. Come on. This is going to be amazing. Yeah. All right. We're going to jump in this. When did you first discover that God had given you this voice to worship? What's interesting is David and I, um, we're about 10 years apart in age, but our stories are so similar as far as our gifts being discovered and used at a very young age. So I was like four or five years old. My mom was a singer. My mom, you know, my grandfather was a pastor. My mom was our choir director. So she sang in, you know, in our church. And so from a very young age, she's like, Nicole can, you know, like I could sing, I could sing on pitch. And I was probably about five years old. I remember we, um, we had an evangelist like coming through town in our little assembly of God church. The evangelist's wife, like heard that I could, you know, found like heard me sing at this little four or five year old girl. And she like taught me this song and had me sing it at church that Sunday night, you know? So, um, for me, I just always growing up in, in, you know, using my gift in church and in school as well. You know, Mm -hmm. I, so just a young age, I knew I, I was always passionate about singing. Like, and I, I always hated being in front of people. Um, but I just, you know, I loved singing so much that yeah. I would just like get up there like knees knocking, you know. <laughs> but yeah, that. from so from a young age. That's yes. awesome. Well, you had this incredible, flawless talent from a young age, but the talent itself isn't what changed the atmosphere when she when mm-hmm. she sang. There mm-hmm. was like she discovered uh, you you always tell the story when you remember when you were singing oh how he loves you and me mm-hmm. the first time when you just felt as a child the love of Jesus wow come on her and it just it uh, so impacted what happened when she sang she yeah. discovered something in him every I remember hearing her as a teenager my sister and I were traveling singing and we would come they're their little assembly of God church and she would sing. And as even at 11 and 12 years old, we were, we were astounded how the atmosphere changed when she wow. sang. Wow. Uh, that is so, so she cool. already carried this. Right. This so here's thing. this gift. Here's a talent. It's recognized by everyone around you. You're constantly being like told in a great way. You're like, you're so gifted at this. And then there's this moment where you actually release it and you discover, wow, God's in this because things yeah. shift when I sing. So is there a specific moment that when that first recognition within yourself of like, God shifts things through me when I use my gift for him, my voice for him? 
I, you know, I think if I didn't realize that God's using me to shift the atmosphere, I just remember just God shifting you. Yes. Ooh, my my gift oh, that's so good. being able to sing like how it connected me to the Lord mm. and how I I was just felt the love of Jesus and knowing his love, feeling his love and being able to connect to him mm-hmm. through my voice. I think it just it marked me from a young age and, and kept me on a path mm-hmm. of pursuing Jesus. I love yeah. that. I love For that. me, I I was marked by God from the earliest memory I have. I don't have a memory in my life that I wasn't aware of him. I remember three years old and I watched a leg grow out. Wow. And and so I'm just a kid watching this miracle happen as a child, not even really knowing how to get my mind around it. I just knew it was I knew he was there. Mm. And I just I would always weep when I sensed it. As as a little child, I'm weeping not because of the miracle, but because I know it's him. I know he's real. So every season of my life, just just a breath focusing in his direction and suddenly he's there. And so it was just for me, it was, but I said, but I grew up in an era where uh, before there was a worship genre (laughs) and we were, we lived here in the South and we sang Southern gospel music with my family and all of our songs were about going to heaven. (laughs) <laughs> I love totally. That. When totally. we all get to heaven, what a day! Ever rejoicing that every I'll fly away, oh glory! Right, right, you know right. all all of the old hymns, and they were always about going to heaven. Right. So I was, I think I was fifteen when I was in a church in Kentucky, and a and a, and it was like very traditional Pentecostal kind of old hymny church. <laughs> and but for the first time, they'd sang all these songs. But at the end of their worship set, and it wasn't even called a worship set. <laughs> it wasn't then, called a worship. They started singing for the first time Song in July. Service. They started singing "Oh Come Let Us Adore Him," and I'm 15, and the atmosphere shifted. Wow! And I was like, okay, what? Wow. I couldn't even get my mind around it yet. Now, again, I've always known the presence. My mom and dad could peel the paint off the wall with their prayer. It was like. I always knew the presence because they walked in the power of God. Mm-hmm. And, and, and even in those services, you would sing and you get going fast enough and it's all Pentecostal and you would mm-hmm. get goosebumps and you think goosebumps are the measuring line that <laughs> right. this is the anointing. But, right. but in this moment at 15, I was like something turned for me and I didn't even know what to do with it. We traveled in a Greyhound bus. I remember everybody's, I don't know where everybody is. I'm on the bus by myself and I've been reading my Bible and I've, Remembered what happened in the service the night before, and I put my hands upon these little closet doors. And I'm standing there, and I just start singing, Oh, come, let us adore thee. Oh, come. And the wind of God came. Oh. And it, it, it wrecked me. I didn't want to move because I, I thought if I moved a finger, it would, it would go. And right. I wanted to stay in this, mm. in this oh. presence. And so I just began to practice that privately. For right. months. Wow. I never, I still didn't know how to translate it to our, when we all get to heaven services. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cause it was different. Right. Yeah. It was yeah. It a whole yeah. different world. Sure. But I remember we went to this one church and it seemed like it was like the deadest church at all. You know, it's like you sing all the high songs and the fast songs and push all the buttons that make people respond. Yeah. Like, well, none of those <laughs> buttons were working in this particular service. But meanwhile, privately, I've been walking in this exchange with the Lord on a daily basis and more out of desperation than anything else. I just needed his presence Mm. in this service and nobody, none of my family knew what I was going to do. I was the youngest, but I'm playing the piano. And so I just 
close my eyes and hit this key and start singing for the first time in church for me. Oh, come let us adore. And, and my family found a harmony and started singing along. And I opened my eyes and what had been dead church, suddenly an entire congregation is on their feet, caught up in this. Wow. And, and I'm like, I'm 15. Oh, oh my. I'm like, mm. this is why I'm on the planet. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> wow. And so with that, it, I had started writing music, but I was writing all of these going to heaven songs. <laughs> right. Uh, you'll never hear any of those songs. <laughs> <laughs> but I started writing worship music. Mm. Uh, it took me a couple of years before I started doing that because right, right. I started, I had to walk through this process. And, right. and so the Lord just started shifting it for me. And so I started writing these songs. Even at 18, I, I had this one song that I wrote called Oak for a Thousand Tongues uh, that became like song of the year and it was it was a it was a song that God would use as a tool to open doors for us. That's a phenomenal song, and <laughs> it was uh, it was, but it was it was like I realized God, you really do inhabit the praise of your people. And yeah. I remembered there was an old hymn, "Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing," and so I wrote a modern version because I I said, God, this is how I feel. If you will show up for me all by myself, what would happen? If I had a thousand tongues and right. use every one, if mm. one gets me here, what would a thousand? Where would that get me? Right. And so it just became my passion, and it like wow. and it it set my course. So I love that. I love ago. that as you begin to shift the worship from the heaven, the "We'll Be in Heaven One Day" songs mm-hmm. to exaltation, totally. right? And yeah. I feel like you guys are such a great model of worship that exalts. We have worship that is responding to God. Mm-hmm. our emotional response to God. There's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. those, but there's, I can always tell the difference in a service when the, when the songs we're singing are songs of exaltation. They're, they're relational. That's right. And so there's a total shift in the atmosphere when mm-hmm. we shift from, I feel this way, I feel this way, I feel this way to God, who are you? I'm yes. declaring who you are yes. in my circumstances, in the situation, yeah. because you never change. Your character is, you know, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. And when we take a posture of just declaring who God is, yep. despite how we feel, yes. everything shifts. But you to model that exaltation worship so well, which I guess leads me to my question number two for you guys. How did you guys discover your sound together? Because you discovered it individually. Now you're husband and wife. Now you're leading together. What did that look like? Because let's call it the Binion sound. There's a distinct sound yes, the bin, the Binions have. Like mm-hmm. I can hear it. I've heard your songs um, on the radio. I've heard your songs for years. I'll go, oh, that's the Binions. Like mm-hmm. there's a sound you have that God has released through you guys. And how did you discover that? And what's the process because again, we're talking about the genesis of a voice. How did that process come through in your worship together as husband and wife? Yeah, well, I would say musically, just like musical, you know, influences and in, in the church. I think you know both of us when we got married, we were David was a pastor at our church outside of Chicago, a very diverse congregation, and the music of the church was very had a gospel flair to it. So I feel like that part of our sound, like that soulful gospel sound just because of just how we were influenced. Right. And when we, when we discovered that um, exuberant expression in the church, like our, we, I think we kind of came alive. Then, you know, we're married for a few years. 
we have um, this experience we in the presence of God that just wrecked us, you know, through really one of our spiritual fathers, uh, Tommy Tinney. He came through to our church and just put us on a path. We end up you know, resigning our position at that church. We ended up going into just wow. a full-time itinerant ministry and did for a few years, just did a ton of meetings with uh, Tommy Tenney, wow. who at that time, you know, God was using, he was writing a book called The God Chasers. Right, and so we right. were going all over the nation. David went to a few other countries yeah. with Tommy and facilitating, I mean, just the hunger of of God's wow. people. And so we were just, I mean, those days, those few years of, services where we're just in the presence of God for hours. I feel like that is what develop are really the sound of worship that comes out of us. Well, don't let, you? Me, let me say That's it so like good. this, because That's what so we good. encountered, yeah. we knew the presence, we knew the anointing, right. but up in an experienced and anything you can imagine mm. in terms of miracles. I talked about that. My dad was a healing evangelist. Uh, I remember as 13 and saw my dad raise the dead. So I've been around the anointing, mm-hmm. But I had never known the glory. And the realm of glory is such an incredible death. It's, uh, Tommy Tenney always taught us, this is the anointing will enable you, but the glory will disable you. And wow. in, in, in when Solomon dedicated the temple, the mm-hmm. priests were unable to minister because of the cloud. When the glory invaded our church, I, it was frightening. And I remember climbing under the piano. Yes. You know the I story. I love that story. Climbing yes. under the piano, afraid to move. And I was there for five hours. And it felt like 20 minutes, but it messed me up. But what happened is, when I got up, I had no song mm. in my arsenal that was appropriate for what we were experiencing. And so out of that came the prophetic yeah, unction. Right, the prophetic. Right. I, there were no songs, so I had to just like we would for there were months that the glory was in 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 the church and we would drive on the property and I'd drive into his presence. Wow. And, and it's like you didn't have to start over. You just picked up where you left off and it was like all of my planning was inappropriate for mm. the glory that was there. So I had to shift and figure out how to navigate that. That has been the driving force. It's It's been the wow. carrot in front of the racehorse yeah. that drives mm-hmm. us because it's like every time we have worship, there have been, I don't know that I've ever encountered the same degree as I did that first time. Mm-hmm. There are moments when maybe there's a 30 minute window. So every time we go into any session, any worship set, we're like, could this be the day you Ooh. come again and yeah. do that and reveal yourself like that again? And so it's like, it's what gives us the authority to worship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there are people that sing songs and learn arrangements and do, and they're anointed. Right. And so the anointing enables mm. the glory disables. disables. Yeah. And for me, it's all about the surrender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's about. Right. It's those years were really, when you talk about the sound of surrender, that's when that was hewn out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, right. you know, those, those you years You couldn't of, plan for it. Right. You couldn't prep for it other yeah. than your prep was surrender. Yes. I mean, keep going. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I love what no, you're saying. That's, that's it. That's really the, the sound of surrender was really developed in us over those few years. And, you know, we've had, we'll have like, you know, occasionally a husband and wife who lead worship together. Like, how do you and David flow together like this? And how, do, you know, we want to be able to do that. I'm like, you know, it was really those few years of just, being in those services together and not just, and just diving in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's it called? The friend 
fall, the fret, the trust fall. The trust the fall. Trust fall. Yes. Yeah. It's like yeah. you get to this place, you're like, yeah. God, I don't know if this is going to work. Right. But I'm going for it. Yeah. Right. And you just dive in thinking you're going to make, you're going to look like an idiot. But then suddenly <laughs> God gives you the totally, lyric totally, to fit the moment. Totally. Like, I remember coming to Vegas. And I don't know if you were on staff at the time when, when we came at in. At International Church of Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. International yeah. Church of Las Vegas. Yeah. And I wrote, uh, on the spot, Jump in the River. Oh, yeah. It was it was one of these moments. <laughs> I, w- I was there for that. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happened is I were leading worship that night. And I feel like it's the glory. It's the carrot. It's mm-hmm. the God. I feel like we're at a group. These people are almost to the dropping off spot. Mm-hmm. There, and if I just knew how to nudge them an inch, this whole congregation is going to fall into that place. Wow. And so, so while I'm there, these lyrics just start coming out of me. I've stood at the edge of the river mm-hmm. where the water is shallow and safe, and I can mm-hmm. uh, still keep, still my, keep balance. my balance or get out yeah. if they make any way. I love to come to the river, be refreshed from the sun and the heat, mm. but just standing here is getting me nowhere. Keep hearing a call from the deep. Mm. I think I'll go ahead and jump in. I surrender my body and soul. I'm losing my inhibitions. Oof. I've decided to give up control. And if every every sentence came, then the next one came. Yeah. If I sink, if I swim, I just want to get to him. And I just started screaming, jump in. And then the oh. place. You oh. remember. Oh, I they remember. just ran to the front. <laughs> and, and at one point, it's just chaos. It's divine chaos. Yes. It's this prophetic yes. moment. And then all of the young people are over on this side of the stage. That's a real high stage. Yes. They're, um, for those of on the podcast, I'm pointing to my left. <laughs> <laughs> and I see them and they look at me and they kind of, we kind of read each other's minds. And I'm like, I, I look at them and they, they nod like they knew what I was about to do. And I ran. Dove, I remember this. Off, <laughs> off the stage. stage. It's like a six foot stage. Uh, right. And yes. they caught me. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be really good or really bad. <laughs> Talk about a trust fall. But the, <laughs> the prophetic gesture oh, brought this. But it was yes, the risk. It, it was, was like, the risk. It was always, I never let myself contemplate the notion when it comes, I just trust fall. I'm like, okay, here I go. It, and it's not, again, it's not about the voice. It's the voice within the voice. It's not about the sound, although it is, but it's the sound within the sound. Mm. But I think what's wow. cool is the sound within the sound. You know, it still right. comes through me as an individual, David as an yes. individual, whoever the worship leader is. It's mm-hmm. like, it, it is the sound within the sound, but it comes through this vessel. So that's what's so cool about the unique sound mm-hmm. of different mm-hmm. worship well, leaders and different, you know. It's it, like when God speaks, yeah. for, for me, this is, this is how I describe it. When God speaks and you see picture, then he lets me use my vocabulary to describe the picture. Right, yeah. right, yeah. right. So, so that's that's how we get to co-labor with him and partner mm-hmm. with him, kind of. A, okay, that is so powerful. I mean, I'm getting yes, rocked hearing oh it, right? I mean, it's yes. just, what I love is you guys were fashioned in the glory of God. I mean, your sound was fashioned. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's the marking point, right? Those are the markers that when we have those encounters with God, yeah. shifts from just a nice service with yeah. total sincere hearts. Like we show up, we're like, cool, we're worshiping God. Then all of a sudden we begin to exalt. We begin to declare. We begin to prophesy yeah. out of the spirit of God within us. We begin to declare what he's saying at that moment in yeah. that meeting as we gather 
Holy Spirit falls, glory of God falls. You find yourself under a piano for five hours, which feels like 20 minutes. You're, you're on the floor. Songless yeah. is out the door. I mean, because there's nothing in us to be able to articulate or to worship this yeah. in this moment because yeah. we don't quite know what to do because we know we're in a realm that's not of the natural. We're mm-hmm. in a realm of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And so again, I said at the beginning, but there's the, there's a, an ability of your maturity, but again, we discovered how that happened. There was years of you just willing to go to unknown territory, to look foolish, to not be in control, to just surrender, whatever it looks like. You're like, I don't care. And your constant push for the more of God comes from previous encounters, which leads us to more encounters. Mm -hmm. Right? So how do you teach the next generation this? We yeah. have this upcoming generation that's a worship generation. I mean, we, we've seen worship ministries mm-hmm. that have had an influence of sounds and gathered people at stadium levels to worship, just to worship. Yeah. Because there's such a cry to worship. People love music. They love to worship. But there there's a shift from just a worship song service, which can still be anointed. Mm-hmm. But I feel like done are the days of just a nice song service. Yeah. We have to have more. You guys represent the more. How do we, how do you translate that to a generation? Because maybe what a lot of people don't know if your daughter, Gracie sings with you Yeah, and she's incredible. She's written one of my favorite songs. I mean, Mm. I had it on repeat and she's the sweetest person. I mean, Mm. she's, she's just, she's really special. I mean, that's the best way to describe her. She's really special. So you guys have modeled that in your family, but you're also called to raise up a generation of worshipers, not just leaders, not just worship leaders. I'm talking about there's only a handful that are going to be worship leaders. Right. But how do you raise up a generation that love to worship, but you, you take them beyond the set and you bring them to a place of the surrender of the, of the glory. How, how do we do that? Well, our main passion in life in this season of our life is we are now mom and pop to a generation of young people. And what's interesting is, like when we launched our church, all the kids call me Papa David. Mm, I love that. But just what we've done is just made ourselves available. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like we really open up our heart and we just be accessible to them and walk it out. Mm-hmm. I know for me, the way I found the place is I would, I would be with people. I remember as a kid always wanting to be around the adults or the pastors and hear their conversation. Mm. And so when they didn't even know I was listening, but I would just, I was so intrigued because I was hungry for more. Right. I was hungry right. for the more and I didn't yeah. even know what the more was. And then I remember when, when Tommy Tenney came to our church, I, I went to over to the pastor's house. He was staying over there and I was just like, I, I asked him, can I just come? I just want to be around you. I just need to be around you. I, I need to know what you do. I need to know how you do your life. I just want to be near you. And he just embraced me. And yeah. why don't you just go with me to yeah. Iceland? <laughs> why don't you, I got a That's trip. Why awesome. don't you just go with me? Yeah. And I remember uh, he was in the process of writing God Chaser. He'd give me chapters to proofread. And there were times I had to like on on a plane and, and I have to like run to the bathroom and close the door so that I could heave and cry. And so people wouldn't wow. think I'm having a nervous breakdown because wow. I was so, so wrecked. Yeah. Oh, wow. So for me, he, he did that for me. I see these young, and not just music people, but I just see people, I don't know, when God gives you the mandate, you don't even have to strive. It's yeah. like you're like a magnet and it pulls people. 
And when they come to you, you just love. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. and and so, I try to be clo- in close enough relationship that they just see it. Yeah, they just they must see me pursue. Yeah, mm-hmm. the the sound of surrender and those moments of prophetic flow or whatever, you know, that does not come without a life of surrender. Mm, so like when you're, that, you're walking That's this awesome. out on a platform, you know, while, while we're going through that process of God doing this in us, we also, I mean, like we stepped away from all financial security, you know, we had a four month old right. baby, you know, you're like you're totally living this trust fall with the Lord. <laughs> I, in just complete surrendering our life. So really showing and teaching this generation, like, it just doesn't happen on the stage. It has to happen in your heart mm-hmm. and in your life for it to overflow out of you. It's like, we're, you know, even with our kids, we have a 22 year old son who's about to be married. And, you know, we we're having this conversation the other night, and, you know, just the intensity of just like real life and responsibility. Right. And he's feeling the weight of that, you know, and we're like, this is when you really get to dive into like trusting the Lord, knowing the Lord for yourself. Like you're, you're working as hard as you can. You're doing all this thing. You're doing the best you can. You commit, you bring your tithe to the Lord, you know, right. but then you just, you trust. just trust him. Mm-hmm. You put your faith in him. And so it's like, this doesn't just apply right to, to singers and musicians right. and people who are, right. but it's really walking it out and coming to the place of as parents, it's hard to you know, see your natural kids and your spiritual kids kind of yeah. walk through this sometimes yes, and like sure. the loneliness or the friends falling away or, yes. you know, and it's like, God, if you'll just lean into the Lord in this season, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to do something so special in you. Mm-hmm. Well, the and, truth is you talked about the people, the friends that fall away because you, you live in this place and unless someone has had a similar encounter, they have no clue what you're talking about. Right. And so they True. just kind of like treat you like you're almost just, you feel isolated. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And it took years of walking this mm-hmm. because of the relational encounters that we were having and the proof was always in the pudding, but it was like, <laughs> wasn't in the relationship. There were, there were a lot of lonely years right. of walking this out and people thinking you're nuts. Right. Right. <laughs> but now you've got this legacy and people are like, how do how do we do this? How do we right, do this? Right. Well, just be ready. It just co- it costs everything. You know, I I love what you guys are saying. You're saying so many jewels, but a few things that are just sticking out that I felt like just even for our listeners, they're a real great takeaway. The sound of our voice and what we release has to come from a place of surrender. Mm-hmm. Has to come from a place of encounter. There has to be a time where we step beyond just the routine and the planned and the normal. And we get into a place where we just say, God, whatever it looks like, yeah, we don't care. Mm-hmm. We just need you. And then it, we have to teach the next generation a posture of surrender. And they're going to have their own sound. We're not trying to have them duplicate the sound. Right. But we can model how to get that sound for themselves. We, mod- yes. we can model surrender. We can model surrender. And yeah. you can model that trust fall. You can model the faith as you guys were talking about. But it has to come through allowing people into your life. Yes. Right? Oh, yeah. And you have to make space for people to get into your life. In a world that's so busy, so demanding, mm-hmm. and we're pretty private. It's like having a relationship, letting people into your life, it's risky. It takes time. It's inconvenient. Right. But we have a spiritual responsibility. And I'm actually going to take it to a, a more, maybe more positive place in the word responsibility. We have yeah. a gift. 
to be able to share with the generation. What I love is I'm here. You guys have had people in your homes. Mm -hmm. You've opened up your lives. Mm -hmm. You've had the late night conversations. Mm -hmm. You've been accessible. And that's based on the platform. Yes, that's it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's so huge for the next generation. If we want people impacted because we can look at the next generation going, man, they need an encounter. We have to show them. Yeah. What does that look like? We have to model how that happens. And again, theirs is going to look different, but you guys have done that so well. I mean, I've seen it in your family, but I've also seen you last night even just, and I, and that's not the first time, of course, I've been around you guys with, I've seen that every time for the last, what, 15 years I've been around you guys. You've always had other people on the platform with you. It's never just been you guys. It's always been a, a company of worshipers saying, come on, let's do this together. Let's go after the more God. I love that. And I want to jump in too, Nicole, you yeah. said something so powerful because I feel like Sometimes what is showcasing this generation, you know, the Insta famous, the selfie you address is is what they portray on the platform. But you were saying it's really your lifestyle that it's what God has done privately in your heart that you walk out day in and day out highlights in that moment what happens on the platform. That was so profound. Mm -hmm. It was. Mm -hmm. That principle, A.W. Tozer um, Mm -hmm. said, if you don't worship Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, what you do on Sundays. Ooh, say that again, David. Oh my gosh. Say that again. If you don't worship Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, <laughs> Sunday, what you do on Sunday is not worship. See, because we've, we've made it. What is worship? What, well, that's what we do on, on Sunday. We sing three fast songs and two slow mm-hmm. songs. It's, right, it's, right. Worship is, is, has to do with the song list we do at church on Sunday. That's not worship. That is a vehicle that we get to ride in yeah. with our worship. Mm-hmm. But it's it's always been the posture of one's heart. It's yeah. it's this. You've said uh, worship is the sound our life makes. Mm-hmm. You know, anytime the Lord asks you to step out and do something, right? It's, I mean, it's it's scary. It's a walk of faith. It's sometimes lonely, and and that's tough. But yeah. it's like just that's when He becomes everything. Yeah. You know, last night as we were having our dwell revival service and Dante Bo was here with us and he was leading and he was saying, Jesus, you're not just the main thing. You are the one thing. You are everything. I remember when we were traveling, while it was amazing, we were experiencing this stuff, you know, in these Tommy Tent, you know, these God chaser meetings and we're just experiencing the Lord, but God was doing such a work in me. I was so miserable half of the time because here we are traveling with this baby. I'm leaving my family. You know, I was in my early twenties and just lonely. I mean, there are times, but it was like, that's like, my parents can't fix this. My husband, who's an amazing husband, can't fix this. Mm-hmm. As far as like my heart, my the right. loneliness of my heart. Right, right. G- and Jesus truly became, and I know we're the body of Christ and we need each other. So I we need each other. But at the end of the day, if all I have is Jesus, he is everything I need. Mm. And it's, but it's that season of discovery of that. I mean, there, there's Absolutely. no other way to get around it. Right. Well, <laughs> there's no other it, way to get to that it's point. It's the process of making him first. And that means if he has to do it, he'll eliminate all of those distractions out of your right. way so that right. he can be the only thing that matters. And then, of course, God brings you beautiful. It's like what's, what's the passage of scripture. We'll get a hundredfold in this life. But the thing is, what we give up, what we give up, mm-hmm. God gives back to us. Yes, right. it's the pruning, and yeah. it is the pruning. He gives true. back to us mm-hmm. in in relationships, and He gives back, and and so then true. you suddenly suddenly you have sons and daughters mm-hmm. that you're pouring into, and you're watching, and you're empowering them. Yeah, you're giving them a place to make mistakes, mm-hmm. 
not chastise them too much if they make mistakes, but just I'd watch them learn from making mistakes how to sure. make things right. Right. Instead of telling them you did it wrong, I let them come to me, man, I messed up. And and then I can say, no, it's okay. Just, you know, let this teach you. So I, I, I love being able to help shape people and mm-hmm. walk them and make mm-hmm. them, give them self-worth. Right. And empower them to be what God's called them to be mm-hmm. and speak life into them. I, I've just seen the power of declaration at work. It's so powerful, you guys. <laughs> that is. Hey, this question I'm super excited about. Okay. What advice <laughs> would you give your younger self? That's such a good question. Okay, on a practical level, <laughs> don't spend money you don't have. Say that. That's good. That's good. <laughs> don't Hold spend on. money you don't have. That as a practical level, but it impacts everything, right? It, right. E- it, it even impacts our ability to say, okay, Lord, I'll follow you wherever, whatever you... I mean, it can impact sure. you know, I'll our follow ability you, Lord, to... but I got all this debt and yeah, I can't. Because it ties you down. <laughs> yeah, It constricts you. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. And I think for me, on a, on a spiritual level, I, I feel like I always struggled of not feeling worthy of the call or worthy of the platform mm. or work. So while I do know, like I see the humility in that, but I do feel like there are a lot of times and moments in my life that I, you know, struggled just because I didn't feel worthy or sure. good enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, you know, like Nicole, you're worthy of mm-hmm. this. Absolutely. Yes. And um, simply because it's the Lord called you to it. So you're worthy to be in any room mm-hmm. that God puts you in. You're worthy yeah. to be in any, on any platform that That's God puts so you good. on. Yeah. I love That's that. That's amazing. huge. I think so many people struggle with Life that. Lesson. Right? Because yeah. we judge ourselves not from how God sees us, but how we see ourselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? So we're always going to come up short with that measuring stick. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so when you get that revelation of, no, I'm worthy simply because God called me. Yeah. In his story. Yeah. God doesn't and call me for my lack. He calls me from <laughs> who he sees me. Yeah. Sees me as. Yeah. Mm. I love that. Yeah. It's huge. Mm. Okay. What you got? Um, <laughs> come on, David. Just say yes. Just say yes. Yeah. Don't drag your feet. Mm-hmm. Don't give yourself the opportunity to talk yourself out of mm. what you feel God's saying. Even if you're not sure it's him, just say yes. Mm. Uh, I learned how to okay. hear him. There was this one point where I felt God was speaking to me. And I'm just a kid, but I'm in church and I feel like God's given me a word. And I just don't even know what to do with it. And then all of a sudden, someone across the room starts giving the exact word. And I left defeated, thinking, God, I didn't obey you. And then uh, my mom encouraged me. And she gave me a scripture that said the prophets are subject to the prophets. And mm-hmm. and I didn't understand that, but it felt right. <laughs> and so I was okay. It was okay. But then I got to this other point again where I felt God was saying something to me. And I was like, I remember making this decision. God, I don't know if this is you, but I think it's you. And I want you to know that I'll say yes to even what I think is you. Mm. And so I spoke out what I thought God was saying. And it kind of fell flat, Mm. but it was okay. I felt like I did the right thing. Nobody, we didn't have the Pentecostal response (laughs) when I I said it. But then the next time there was this stronger unction to say it. I'm like, and I'd already made the decision. I'm just going to say it. And again, I'm not even fully aware of what I'm doing, except I've given my yes, and I was just and I would just say it, and then there was the the stronger, and I get the Pentecostal response. But but so it's like the more I would hear his voice, that or his the impression mm. of God, mm-hmm. maybe not an audible voice, but the impression, and I would just the yeah. more I gave myself to it, it would respond. 
then the clearer it became. And I realized even how it comes, Mm. it doesn't come from me. It comes through me. Yeah. I always love when you share that about hearing the voice of God and obeying because so many people, and I'm I'm sure you guys heard this question so many times, how do you know it's God and how do you know? And I love it when you, when you share that, because I think it's so teachable to like, okay, God, my heart is, you know, if I think this is you, I'm going to obey. And, um, usually it's a matter of just laying down our own pride, right? (laughs) Man, if we haven't told you guys already today, you're amazing. And honestly, your wisdom and what you, I mean, what you guys brought was this rich life that you've lived for God. And we got these snippets of just, right. This access to your story and your journey, which not only bless me, I know it's going to bless our listeners, but I feel like if we grab a hold of what you guys shared today, lives will be changed, transformed because Mm. it's all about the surrender. and It's all about the yes. It's at the end of the day, we have one life to give for Jesus. Let's give it everything. Right. He's, he's so worthy of it. All yeah, you know. So you guys are obviously pastoring Dwell Church here in Allen, Texas. Is there any way that people that are listening can get in contact with you or any kind of project that you guys have coming up that we could support you guys on? Yeah, well, David and I um, earlier this year in 2020, before before pre COVID life, (laughs) um, we we released a a brand new uh, worship album called The Glory of Eden. That's available. It's available on all digital platforms. You know, Apple Music, Spotify, all the places. Um, Dwell Church, we have Dwell Church Dallas YouTube channel, Dwell Church Dallas, you know, Facebook page, Dwell.Church is the, the, uh, website, but, um. My phone number is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, PayPal donations. Right, right. right. <laughs> Um, but you know, God's doing something beautiful here and it's just, it's, it's exciting. It's another season of yes for us and just stepping out and, just going, okay, God. Uh, but um, but yeah, you tricked us. <laughs> you guys have done an incredible job gathering a community of of worshipers and people that just want the more of God. So thanks for your guys' life. Love you yes, guys. you guys are awesome. Oh thanks man, thanks for taking time with us and just talking with us. We love you guys so much. This is so great. Hey, thanks for listening to Keep Your One Hundred. If you haven't already, please subscribe so you'll be notified when new episodes drop. Please share this podcast with your friends. And join us next week as we will talk about how to sharpen your spiritual senses, tapping into your prophetic upgrade. You do not want to miss it. See you next week. Keep it 100. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Keep It 100 podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Keep up with us on Facebook and Instagram at seanandkristasmith.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Keep